Welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and for men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and my amazing guest for today is Dale Allen. Dale is a veteran of corporate, commercial, and creative communications. Her extensive resume includes hundreds of voiceover, on-camera, and live presentation projects. Dale toured her one-woman show, In Our Right Minds, guiding women to their strength as leaders, leading men to strength without armor, at universities, conferences, expos, and theaters across the U.S., Canada, from Kauai to Dubai, and twice to the U.N. Commission on the Status of Women. The show is now a new film for 2022 and is a finalist, official selection and semi-finalist in 13 international film festivals in process. Dale's podcast, The Core with Dale Allen, ranks in the top 10% of all podcasts globally. Wow. Dale thoroughly engages and inspires her audience, which ranges from highly educated corporate leaders to teenage girls seeking their place in the world. Her ongoing film screenings and panel discussions, immersions with women leaders, bring her and her audiences much joy, growth, and healing. And on a more personal note, I had the absolute honor to collaborate with Dale and the beautiful Meg Cromwell, who's also been on the podcast, on a screening of the powerful film In Our Right Minds, combined with sacred ceremonial and meditative aspects in April. And that was such a beautiful, powerful event. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Dale, for that opportunity and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Emmy. It's very, very good to be here with you. I love that technology can connect us across time and space. Uh, it's, you know, it's wonderful. You're in your living room and I'm in mine. And here we are <laughs> just talking as if we were in the same room. Mm. And I really love that. Oh, absolutely. Yes. It was wonderful to have you join me in the event that we did together, where it was a screening of In Our Right Minds followed by a uh, womb heart activation by you and Mare that was incredibly, incredibly powerful. Thank you very much for that. Mm, I could listen to that over and over again. In fact, I would like to release that uh, separately for people to be able to enjoy. Oh, that would be amazing. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That sounds great. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Hmm. Well, it's it's really is a blessing to have you on the podcast, Dale, and I am so looking forward to learning from you as we go into this interview. And because my podcast is called Sacred Feminine Power, I would love to start by asking you, what does Sacred Feminine Power mean to you personally? Thank you. I love that question. The most important thing is that it is not power over the word power itself for many women, including me, has some resistance because I'm not interested in power over. And power has meant the one who has the most strength and influence. And power has been defined in the paradigm that we've been in as being power over. The best image that I have for sacred feminine power is one that dropped in for me several years ago. Maybe it was quite a few years ago. 
but I'm standing and there's fire coming out of my hands, my eyes, my heart, powerful fire. And this fire is holding back what I'm seeing, which would be the lowest denominator of humanity, power over pain, hurt, war, the things that we are needing to rise up from. And behind me, where these colors are red and, and, and dark, right? It's all this fire. But behind me, there's nothing but blues and greens and a beautiful meadow with children playing, the world's children playing happily. And there's just water, almost as if, almost as if my hair was water. So everybody is safe because the divine feminine is the nurturing that is the meadow, that is the water, that is the love. The children are safe. All the children are safe. And the divine feminine is also very clear boundaries. And I think that it's time for both of those elements now. It's time for both the element of the sweet, tender, kindness, caring, empathy. If all the world's children are safe and cared for, we have created heaven on earth. So part of the divine feminine energy is all of that nurturance, love, empathy, sensuality, sweetness of of all of the abundance of the planet, all of the sweet goodness that is this mother earth that gives us life with such generosity. And the sacred feminine is also, this will not cross. This will not you know, harm these, these children will be safe. So there's very clear boundaries in the sacred feminine as well, but never the glory of seeking power for power. No, no interest. It's not about that. Sacred feminine power lifts everybody up. Like when the tide comes into the Harbor, all the boats rise. That would be my, my definition of sacred feminine power. Mm, no, I love every aspect of that. And I had goosebumps all over me as you were talking there and describing that scene with the fire in the front and that beautiful meadow in the background. Absolutely love that. And it's so true. And I think especially in these times that we are going through this massive, massive transformation collectively on our planet to, to really have those boundaries, especially for women, because our boundaries have been so pushed and decimated and really ignored for such a long time and to be able to now stand in our power and have those beautiful strong boundaries that will still allow the love and the grace and the beauty in but will not allow anything in that could harm us and hurt us so so very important so thank you for bringing that into the discussion Hmm. Definitely. And I also believe that being able to establish strong boundaries or have a sense of the, of the power of being able to hold that fire and hold that boundary. You know, we hold intense boundaries because it's, it's out of love. It's out of love for, you know, what is sweet and gentle and kind and vulnerable in ourselves. And again, you know, for the, for the children and the old people, the, the, the vulnerable, I believe that developing those boundaries, we help each other develop those boundaries as, as women. 
and also men that respect women and respect the sacred feminine, but women hearing each other, hearing each other's vulnerability, hearing each other's truth, knowing that each one of us has in some way, shape or form dealt with the incredible vulnerability of being female. I think that when we come into authentic community, authentic communication, straight down to the core, holding each other in our vulnerability, it is from this that we develop our strength and our power, which again, is never power over. A woman can easily access the power to protect. Learning how to protect ourselves sometimes comes second to the instinct to protect the vulnerable. And if that's where we start in the protecting of the vulnerable, we can also help to develop our own ability to protect ourselves. Mm, Absolutely. It's sometimes, sometimes, sometimes if there's a trying situation, let's say, let's just give an example of being in in a relationship that is not honoring or even potentially abusive, right? Sometimes a woman's way out of that, it's it, the, the tools just aren't there for how do I protect myself? But when the question is posed, what would you do for your child or your niece or your nephew or whatever? What would you do for them? Suddenly the instinct is there. Oh, I would, you know, I would, I would protect them. Mm-hmm. And it's good to tune into that. Because then we can remember, oh, there's a, there's, I need protection as well. And I need to offer, offer that for myself, protection and clear boundaries. Mm -hmm. So very true. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Dale, I would love to hear from you about a challenge that you have faced on your path that's really helped you to understand and activate sacred feminine power within you and in your life's work as well. Oh, what a wonderful question. You know, there are so many experiences and challenges that have shaped who I am. And luckily I've been around the wheel enough times. And when I say around the wheel, I mean a number of years, right? Every time around the, around the sun, enough times to recognize that uh, challenges are always, there's always something in them that is a gift. And I think early in life, when challenges first come on our path, you know, it takes a while to begin to trust life. And nobody wants to say, hey, this is great. Bring on a challenge. I'm so excited. I can't wait for the next one. It's not like we ever go, yeah, great. Bring on another. But but they all do. They all do, uh, you know, help us to grow and help us to become stronger. So for me, you know, a couple of things would be uh, a challenge of having a particular uh, goal or sense of a career path for myself. And this is a very important point to make. For me, career and soul are one and the same and pretty much always have been. So I don't have a separate slice of pie in the pie of life that goes, oh, that's career, but this over here is my soul and my soul path stuff. They've always been the same. So there's a lot of you know, emotion and feeling and sense of commitment and sense of you know, raison d'etre to things that I do career-wise. So going back a couple of decades, actually, 
and having a particular career path that was was just truly thwarted. Like I had been going down a certain pathway, giving it everything I have, because that's what I do. Give it everything you got, because it's how I roll. How I roll. <laughs> and as it turned out, there was an opportunity that developed very easily uh, in the opposite direction, the, the direction I had kind of turned away from to take a more challenging path when I had left a place where an opportunity just blossomed like a flower and I missed it. And that was a, that was a painful experience for me because it had been a lot of time, money invested in this path, but that challenge at that time is what caused a big void in my life. I realized I need to abandon what I'm doing and just stop for a bit. And I will say that to my credit at that point in my life, I decided to trust the void and the quiet and not immediately fill it in with another set of tasks and goals and actions. And, you know, just to take some time to be in the quiet and in the void was my decision. And it was an important decision, not in alignment with general Western cultural values, which say, keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah, there's value to tenacity. Yeah, there's value to keep going. But there's a there's a there's an ebb and flow like the tide, right? There's an ebb and flow. And it's the it's the ebb that's important. It's the receding and the stopping and the quiet and the void and the gestation that I did honor. And it was during that time and in that quiet that in my, I started writing poetry. And in that experience, I started hearing, feeling, sensing a different voice within that was present, gentle, and female. And that was what turned me toward beginning to explore the sacred feminine and the word goddess, which was also crossing my path. And at that time, I deeply resisted the word. But I was in this void and I thought, you know, why do I resist this word so much? Let me turn toward it and learn as much as I can. And that became my next activity. I love study. I love reading. It was like I set myself into a, you know, into getting a a PhD on the sacred feminine (laughs) in the privacy of my own home. (laughs) I read everything that was out there. All of this incredible women that came before me, the anthropologists, psychologists, cultural historians, I read the myths. I read everything I could get my hands on and really, um, really developed a a great um, sense of knowledge about the sacred feminine facts, historical explorations. And that was what changed my, my trajectory. Once I had an experience with the sacred feminine, which began to change my own life, I simply had to share it with others. So that is an example of a challenge that, uh, brought out in me an alignment and a desire to to listen for the feminine within myself, to honor the sweet, the tender, the vulnerable, the empathetic, the 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 side of myself that that would wait and be receptive instead of always taking action. And that's an ongoing thing. It's the balance of the left and right hemisphere of the inner masculine and feminine, of the go, 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 and the stop and wait, 
it's a balance. And I'm still living in that day-to-day balance, mm. day-to-day consciousness of what, what, what energy is coursing through me at this time. I, re- I happen to love both, actually. I really do. I love my, I love my left hemisphere, take charge, the whole aspect. I'm grateful for it. Mm. It's the balance. Mm-hmm. That's the most beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that, and then that, another, I'm, I'm going to bring up and go ahead. No, no, it's okay. It's good. Another one would be uh, just another uh, example. I think women learn a lot in relationships. I know that I have and um, relationships can be great teachers again about boundaries and self-worth and we play out different woundings that we've had in our life or even in our past lives. And they will come up often very well in relationships for us to be able to learn. So I'm grateful for the worst uh, relationship I was ever in because it gave me the ability to understand how these terrible kinds of relationships can happen blindsiding, blindsiding us. I was certainly blindsided. I never could figure out how that could happen to a, to a, 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 you know, a a bright, intelligent, engaging woman. I would hear stories and I'd be like, how did that happen to her? How did she get into that kind of, you know, relationship? And then I realized how it can happen. And so it, that's a great gift for me to have because now I get it. Now I understand. I can't tell you how many women have crossed my path by divine guidance. I'm certain because I, I can assist them in that darkness because I know I'm grateful for that. So that would be an example of a challenge that helps to bring in the sacred feminine. Now, would I sit back and go, yeah, let's do that. Well, I'd like to have that experience. We don't ever say that, but there's value. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mostly, and I'm so grateful for the women that come into my life with exactly that, that prison. And I can help turn on the light, show them where the door is, where the light's coming in so they can make their way out. We do help each other. We help each other enormously as women. Mm. And we help each other by remaining in our own level of balance and power. Uh, And when we sit with another woman, if the energy flow feels like the number eight on its side and the energy is flowing back and forth like this and you're not at all drained, you can can assist many, many, many people because it's not coming from you. It's flowing through you. People will cross my path because the energy will flow through me to assist them. And it doesn't drain me in the least. Mm. So that also comes back to knowing your, your boundaries. When you're here to serve, you serve without being depleted. Mm-hmm. So very true. Wow. So many juicy, yummy bits that I would love to dive in deeper with everything you said there. But I really love that balance, that masculine and feminine energy balance that marriage between the masculine and the energy within ourselves that then gets reflected to the outside world as well and hopefully will bring that sense of balance to others as well really love that beautiful Mm -hmm. 
Now, Dale, you mentioned you mentioned earlier that um, you initially had immense resistance to the term goddess. And I know you talk about that in, in the film, in our right minds as well. And I'd just love to hear a little bit more from you during this interview as well about why was that resistance there? What was it all about for you? Oh, thank you so much for asking. So at the time that the word goddess was crossing my path, and I was in a in a void. It seemed like everything in my life, I just wasn't sure what direction I was going to go in, on, on, really on any level at that time. And those times do come in life. And in that quiet, uh, and again, my poetry was starting to reveal a different voice, but the word goddess was crossing my path. And, and indeed, I did not like it. The reason I didn't like it is because for me, the energy behind all things that flows through you, that flows through me, that flows through the dogwood tree out my window and the bird that just flew by, this whole energy of life is it's it's beyond gender or it's both genders, right? It, or it's 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 the energy that shows up in every form, anything I can possibly see, and all the things that are unseen. It, it's this, it's this energy behind all things. It's the life force. And I didn't have a particular gender identity in that. I was raised Catholic. I'm grateful for that. Uh, that's all That's all fine. What I didn't realize though, in being raised Catholic, that there was a scaffolding that had been placed like a scaffolding inside my psyche because all my life I had heard the term God, the father, the father, he, and and I I had certainly not imagined a you know like Michelangelo's God right I didn't imagine this white white bearded man but 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 because I began hearing goddess and she and her it began to shine a light on how powerfully the male pronouns had been placed in my psyche because the female pronouns sounded so uncomfortable. Even though I held that the divine was beyond gender, it was the energy behind all things. I noticed that the minute it was, oh God, the, you know, God, the goddess and the mother, and these felt uncomfortable. And I thought, you know, Dale, you've been holding that the divine is beyond gender but in fact, you have an unconscious kind of a scaffolding here that is comfortable with the male pronouns. And I think it's important to really dive headlong into the infinite ocean of the feminine, dive into all of these female pronouns, dive into what is this thing called goddess? Look at all of the art and the artifacts you see on my statues behind me. Saturate yourself in that. And in saturating myself in that, that was the only way to flow that water and energy underneath the scaffolding that had been put in place that was the comfortable relationship with the masculine pronouns of the divine. It was by really saturating myself in this goddess words that began, began to create more of a balance and allow me more space to honor my own female form. I'm female in this lifetime. 
to honor the feminine in general. Girls, women, the feminine, you know, experience being in a female body, the female form, Mother Earth. You know, the earth isn't just a, a, a school, you know, where we come and we incarnate and we're in the school to go back to the, you know, the disembodied. No, this is a very living being that we are making life with. I breathe this oxygen that the tree is making on this planet that created the heart that beats in me. And when the heart stops beating, this energy goes into something else here. You know, it, it just, it made things less abstract. That's important. The masculine hierarchy is, is about the abstract. God is disembodied. God is the disembodied energy. We often perceive it or feel it to be in the heavens. And we use, of course, heaven as on heaven, her earth, right? But it, it helped to bring them all together so that the living, breathing earth became a greater presence in my, in my world and my own masculine and feminine. And I still, to this day, to this day, continue to energize, focus on the feminine within me. It's a choice. Mm. Stillness, quiet, meditation, communion with nature. Stopping, waiting, let the answer drop in. Stop, pause. That's those those are our choices. And in those in the quiet like that, you know, the the feminine really blooms. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. So that was what happened with me. And I ended up because I, I learned so much about the sacred feminine because it was such a gift in my life. That's why I wanted to share that information. And because the skill set that I was given is about writing, presenting, performing the arts, art, artifacts, fine arts. I just synthesized it all into a one woman show that I started traveling around with in order to share the sacred feminine in a life-changing experience that as a live performance was an hour and 15 minutes as a film is 45 minutes because mm -hmm. the film is, goes right to the kind of the, the, the most important information to uh, share, to kind of open up the mind and perspective and make room for the sacred feminine. And we need this now. Our world needs, 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 needs the honoring of the feminine, of the earth, of life, of the, we need, we, we really need a big shift now. Yeah. As within, so without. Mm -hmm. And we are indeed in the middle of a very, very big shift on our planet and, and beyond in so many ways. And just for the sake of our listeners, I have this biggest grin on my face and <laughs> my my cheeks are hurting. I'm smiling all the time and just nodding constantly to everything that Dale is saying. And I'm also looking at these beautiful statues that she indeed has behind her of of Kuan Yin, of the Venus of Willendorf and Mother Mary and so many others as well. And 
it's it's just beautiful to listen to Dale talk about this in such an embodied way, in such such an incredibly empowered way as well. Uh, Dale, you have such a beautiful way of expressing yourself and the wisdom that shines through everything that you say is just humbling, really, really humbling. So thank you for sharing that. I, I would love to hear a little bit more about the film In Our Right Minds. You you already started talking about that a little bit there, but would you please share with us a little bit more about In Our Right Minds? What is it about and what is the central message that you are bringing through it? Thank you. In Our Right Minds represents, again, it's decades of work. It's all the research I did. And it is it was the pandemic basically that turned the kinds of events that I would normally fly to and present live these events came to be online. So I was asked to present to the Parliament of the World's Religions, which was going to be online. And I thought, well, I'm not going to stand in front of a laptop. When I perform live, the energy is ginormous, <laughs> huge. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not me. It's just, wow, it's big. Well, you can't do that in front of a laptop. <laughs> so I turned it into a film which is a completely different way of, of, of presenting in that lens of a film. In Our Right Minds is titled as such because I am referring to the right hemisphere of the brain. I also titled the piece In Our Right Minds, and I don't have the word goddess nor sacred feminine in the title because it, it meant that there would be less resistance to my bringing this message to universities corporations, churches, by discussing the sacred feminine as an aspect that is a part of men and women and a part of our history as human beings. All humans, by the way, let me be clear about that. LGBTQIA, all humans have this wonderful flow of this masculine and feminine energy. We all do. This film is in our right minds because I talk about the left hemisphere, which is the masculine hunter-killer hemisphere, and the right hemisphere, which is the feminine gatherer-nurturer hemisphere. We developed over 150,000 years of the evolution of Homo sapiens. 90% of our history is hunter-gatherer history, 90%, where these asymmetrical two hemispheres of the brain worked in perfect balance of the masculine and feminine, of the abstract and the concrete embodied. The left hemisphere uh, sees you and I as separate. The right hemisphere knows that we are one. In our experience of living inside of a central nervous system with a brain and a spinal cord and a skeleton and blood and bone and heartbeat, so much of the discourse of our, our society, our, of our modern world particularly, comes through the left hemisphere. It's how we relate more um, to, it, it, it's the way we, we, we st structure our, our cultures, hierarch hierarchical cultures. But that's a relatively new development because our blueprint is to be in balance of both hemispheres so that intuitive intelligence is equally employed with the abstract intelligence of the left hemisphere. The two are working together. 
we've been in left brain dominance for a long time. And that imbalance is very evident in our world. But right across the corpus callosum of every single one of us in the right hemisphere, you and I are one. We and the planet are one. We understand that everything is energy. You know, I pick up this water and uh, the, the, the molecules, the, the energy of the glass and the water in my hands, it's all one and the same. My right hemisphere sees this and gets this. We, we need more of it because we need to begin to get quickly that we are one with the earth, one with each other. And these, you know, extreme actions of separation, power over, degradation of one another and the planet and the vulnerable all has to stop. So in our right minds explores this left and right hemispheric balance. And because I'm looking at, well, what is our blueprint? When we go back to the history of humanity, we come from our foremothers and forefathers, the, the societies and indigenous peoples today are for the most part, matriarchal, matrilineal. Matriarchal cultures are not women in power over men. They are a balance of the masculine and feminine. The feminine is revered. The natural world is revered. Birthing is revered. Empathy is revered. And so is the masculine. Ability to hunt, (laughs) bring home the food, bring home the meat, bring home the iron for the women that need it. You know, the the balance of both. When I looked at our collective history and I saw that the energy behind all things was understood to be female and that there was a sense of goddess revered, earth revered, I began to look at all of these, the art and artifacts of this feminine face of the divine. When we energize these empowered and beautiful images of the feminine face of the divine, we are healed in many ways. Both men and women are healed in many ways. We all come through the female body. We are all born of the female. What a crime it is that a boy who is born of his mother and loves her dearly, deeply loves his mother, And eventually the culture lets him know, you know, women are secondary, you know, women, they're, you know, they're this, they're that women, you know, and he has to make a painful kind of a, where do you file that in your brain as you know, it's such an injury Mm. to, to, to a boy. And of course, to a girl, Mm. as, as we begin to come into and begin to understand this gender hierarchy problem, but gender hierarchy is not our blueprint. Mm. Gender difference and masculine and feminine energy running through both female bodies and male bodies, but both energies being revered. That's our blueprint, Mm. which is much healthier for every man and every woman. And no matter how a human being identifies to be able to feel and revere the masculine and feminine energies 
running through these bodies, minds, and spirits. Mm. That's why I'm out there talking about this whole sacred feminine. It's not about religion for me. Religion, I have no interest. <laughs> it just, it's not it for me because it, religion puts up so many boundaries. I don't want boundaries. I mean, not, not boundaries, excuse me, like fences and walls and, and divisions. Mm. Boundaries, as we talked about them, are, 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 I'd like to use that word in a healthy term, mm. in a healthy way. But, you know, religious differences, people getting all up in their heads about, you know, which is the right religion, the wrong religion, that's, that's all in... I want to know what's in your heart mm. and together I want to make sure that your, your children are well cared for just like mine and all the world's children are ours together. We're going to make sure the babies are fine. We'll do that together. I don't care where you're from, what religion you practice, what you look like, how much melanin you have or don't have. Let's take care of the babies together. And you know, women do that instinctually. Hmm. instinctively women get together when they get together and they can hear the sound of the babies and the children feeling good and being happy. And they're talking with each other. That is when the oxytocin levels just go straight up. Hmm. That is where we feel the absolute best. The children are fine. We are fine. We're talking with each other. We're good. We're connected. The babies are fine. That's where we, that's where we oxytocin just floods right through and we're feeling good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how we decrease, we decrease our stress. Yeah. We don't decrease our stress by attacking. Mm. We decrease our stress by connecting and loving and nurturing and caring. Now, every human being needs more of that because the men have that capability as well. It's the women that really, you know, need to f- f- honor it, mm. honor that. Yeah, And these days, perhaps more than ever, there's a bit of a sense of needing to, to fight for it <clears throat> back to the fire from the hands. Mm-hmm. This is important. Yeah. We have to make sure the babies are safe. It's important. There's, there's some kind of fire that needs to come up now and a bit of a fight, but the fight is more about simply, you know, that you would not allow, you just can't allow the the vulnerable to be harmed. Yeah. We get out of it. You can overcome any fear for that cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and I feel like it's, we all need to energize it more and women doing this together right now is really important. And it starts with ourselves. So wherever a listener is right now, if currently the number one focus is to bring peace to your own body and home, do that. Do that. That's the greatest service you can give the planet right now. Yeah. If someone is crossing your boundaries, not treating you properly, treating you with disrespect, we want to respect you. We want to see you respected. We're not okay with that. And we're here for you. Connect with a sister friend, get some help. Realize how exquisite you are. And do not let anybody bring you harm, disrespect, or cross your sacred boundaries. It starts with you and your own body and then your own home. Is your home a happy place? Is it safe? Is it kind? Is it sweet? Is it juicy, loving? Is it magical? Make it such. It's your home. 
And the rest of your work in the world will follow. And your work in the world could be your work in your neighborhood with your own child, school system, or it could be going out globally. Doesn't matter. It's all relative, however you're called. But we need you. (laughs) And we love you. And the women really, really matter right now, more than ever. (laughs) So very true. Mm. Thank you, Dale. That was really like a channeling or a transmission coming through you right there. So thank you for sharing that vital message. So, so very important. If, if our listeners wanted to connect with you, Dale, and find out more about you and your work, where would they go? I would love to connect with anybody who is, listen, I'm easy, okay? I really am. My website is www.thecore.space. And I'm sure it'll be in the notes of the, of the podcast, thecore.space instead of .com or .net. The new thing is .space, thecore.space. There, there you can find me. Uh, you can email me. You can, and let me know that you heard the podcast and any question you have, any, if you want to connect, I'm here, I'm easy. The film is available for rent. It's $8. If, if $8 is a problem for you, I will send it to you for free. Uh, but I do encourage you to see the film. I do And the reason I do is because I have shared this message for two decades. I know what it does for people. It's not about me. I am used in this endeavor. My skills are used in this endeavor to deliver a message that is well, well constructed, well researched. You'll see all of the goddesses that Emmy can see right now. You'll see and be saturated in these beautiful images of the sacred feminine while you learn about the parts of our history that you don't know, the history of it all, and how and why we lost the sacred feminine. I spell all of that out and why it's not a good guys, bad guys story. It's men and women all evolving right now. Men, women, LGBTQIA, all of us need to advocate for the feminine. It's a positive and hopeful message. And so you can rent that at the core.space. I encourage you to do it eight bucks. And if you can't afford eight bucks, it's yours for free. Just send me an email and let me know. I wouldn't want to hold that back from anybody. Mm, Beautiful. Thank you for that, (laughs) Deb. And I understand you've also got a gift for our listeners. Could you describe that a little bit more? I do. So I have a, um, a there'll be a, a link and you can download uh, a, a JPEG or, or PDF of this prayer, which I will recite right now. Our mother who art within us, Each breath brings us to you. Thy wisdom come. Thy will be done as we honor your presence within us. Each day you give us all that we need. Your abundance calls us to give and receive all that is loving and pleasurable. You are the courage that moves us to be true to ourselves and we act with grace and power. We relax into your cycles of birth, growth, death, renewal. 
out of the womb, the darkness, the void, comes new life. For you are the mother of all things. Your body is the sacred earth and our bodies. Your love nurtures and unites us all. Now and forevermore. Amen. This in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, in the name of the mother and of the daughter and of the holy blood and bone. I am, you are, we are the face of the divine here to create heaven on earth. Hmm. So I'll send you that prayer so you can look at it, have it, read it, and recite it. Mm, beautiful. Thank you, Dale. We are so complete. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and coming onto the podcast. I really, really appreciate you, all that you are and all that you are becoming. Thank you for being in this world. Thank you so much. I mean, my heart is so full. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Mm. And thank you to everybody for, for listening. Thank you for being here. <laughs> yes. Thank you, listeners.